0: <laughs> Come on, have play. Isaiah 55 is a, is a word that I think that we should um, press into. Let me tell you a little bit about what I feel like God has been speaking to about this week, and I want us to lean into it together. Um, if I say the word seasons... What comes into your mind? What, what kind of perspective comes into to your mind? We talk about seasons. Change, okay? Anything else? I say the word winter to you. What do you think? Hilarity. What are the themes of snow in scripture? Do you know? Refreshing, okay? There's some refreshing and watering places. There's basically three main things, and I encourage you, if you get some extra time, look up all the scriptures of snow. There's the idea of this watering purpose of God that is in Isaiah 55. There's also an idea of, though our sins are scarlet, now they'll be white as snow. So there's the idea of this like redemptive place. But there's, there's also, if you go and look, there's several places in the Old Testament especially where it says, as snow in the summer or rain in the harvest, and it begins to talk about things that happen out of season. So like, you know, we've talked before and like I recognize we don't probably talk about enough, but it's very important in the life that we're trying to live to recognize um, God's truth about season. Um, God created time. He's not bound by time, but he created time. What are the, what are the godly time measurements that are, that are measured in scripture? Do you Remember? What are the ways that God measures times in Scripture? Day and night, okay? How did, how did he do that? How, how, how far back does that go? Creation. All the way back to creation. So he, like, creates something to make this happen, okay? Anything else you can think of that God created in terms of, of, of time besides day? Seasons of the year. Seasons of the year, and how did he do that? We measure those things by stars, sun, and moon. So if you live in if you live in Arizona, winter feels different than it does here, but there's still winter, right? And there's a purpose in every season. So Isaiah fifty-five is one scripture to read over. Ecclesiastes three is another to read over. Please, guys, like. Don't be passive and just walk in next week. Oh, I forgot. I'm asking you, please lean in to this. Ecclesiastes 3, Isaiah 55. Any other units of of time measurement that you can think of? How do we measure years? Well, you can measure by calendar, but what is the, what is the reason, what? Okay, so like our planet is on a path, and there's something that God talks about with years. Or it's very interesting. Sometimes He'll talk about years in terms of the word time. In certain places, the word time is meant to be a year, or the idea of something that's annual. In, in, in light of everything, seasons can something, can you agree with me that seasons can be something that can feel like they're really long? But in the perspective of life, seasons are not all that long. Does it make sense? So we talked several years ago about the importance of like thanking God for the purpose of the season. And in thanking him for the purpose of the season, it prepares us to walk through the season, okay? So in terms of um, agriculture, what is the purpose of springtime? What happens in the spring in, in gardening and farming? Preparation, planting. What happens in the summer? Harvest. Growing, right? And then what happens in the, in the fall? Harvest. Depends on where you're from, right? <laughs> what's the purpose of winter? Yeah. Sorry, California. What's, what's the purpose of Winter. Rest. What else? What did you say? Death. That is a very important part of winter. There needs to be a place for things that need to die to die. Jesus said this, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it cannot bear fruit. So there's something in the season that needs to be embraced, but we don't need to stay in the season forever. Isaiah 28, read Isaiah 28. It's a very profound scripture. I don't have all the revelation of it, but look at the, especially at the, I mean, I'm serious. There's some things it says in there. I'm like, I don't get this. 28, especially toward the end, because this is going to, we're going to tie this together with a couple of things. I want to give you just a preview and then I want us to go into this, uh, this, this week. Please read these scriptures. The other word God was speaking besides seasons is the word generations, which is also another way that God measures time in Scripture. But can you see sometimes there being a tension between what needs to happen in a season and then thinking from a generational perspective? When you think about generations, what is what is what do you think of? What's that? Family? Inheritance, that's a good one. God made a promise to Abraham. And part of that promise wasn't fulfilled for like a couple hundred years. But one of the things that the scripture tells us is they regarded the one who made the promise as faithful. So just imagine this. This is not even the fullness of the promise, right? But imagine we're, with, we're sitting with Joseph in jail. And someone gives him a word about acceleration. Can you see how if someone gave him a word about acceleration the day before he comes and gets moved from the palace or from the prison to the palace, that could feel like, "Wow, that really is acceleration." Can you can you see that? Can feel like, "Wow, it's been like this forever. Now all of a sudden." But if you go back and if you were to hold that promise in light of what God said to Abraham. It's a different, like, recognizing what's happening in the season you're in without losing the context of what God's speaking in generations is important. Does so, that make sense? So write this, write this down, I' let's pray over this week. I'm, like, I'm still wrestling with this. But this is what I, I sense God is, is speaking to us, because I think right now, in order for us to embrace this place of practicing sending and, and place, embrace the place of being present and burning together, with the fellowship of the logs like we talked about last week, um, it's going to be important that we understand this tension. Tension will mess you up if you get trapped on one side or the other. Right? If you, basically, if you get trapped on one side or the other with tension, it's living in error. Because <laughs> uh, we look for which one is true, and like, the fact is a lot of times both are. So here's what I feel like God was saying to me. Um, the grace that allows you to flow into acceleration is hidden in our faith, in the faithfulness of the one who made the promise, even when we don't see the promise happening. The grace that it takes to flow into acceleration is hidden in our faith and his faithfulness when we don't see the promise happening. If my belief for acceleration means I don't have to have faith, then I, that's not the grace of God. The grace is hidden in our faith in his faithfulness. Does that make sense? We walk by faith, not by sight. If I can only have faith when I see things going the way that I want to see them going, then I will miss, I'll miss God. Does that make sense? Holy Spirit, please help us, because I really, I really am excited to like try to go after this together. So in these scriptures, you'll find in Isaiah 55, you'll find aspects of what he's speaking about in terms of um, his purpose for the season that you're in. He talks about the purpose of rain and snow and how important it is. The whole scripture is just a beautiful scripture. Um, so read it and ask God, Lord, speak to me about the purpose of what you're accomplishing in my life right now. Listen, the difference between uh, patience and passivity is a razor's edge. The difference between patience and passivity is intentionality, right? But like, it's very easy in the midst of like God saying to be patient for me to become passive. Love is patient. Love is not passive. There are times I need to make a decision and step right now, but there are times where I'm trying to um, move in the moment without re- remembering, wow, God is really faithful, and I'm, I'm not going to, he's not going to, uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is not going to become unfaithful today. But I may walk through a day today where I don't see the promise fulfilled, but that doesn't mean he's not faithful, right? It is more about what God is trying to do in us than just what he's trying to do through us. And like, he is just that committed to you. He's that committed to me. He's that committed to us. And so there's a place in Isaiah 55, we have to understand, okay, God, what is your purpose in this season? There's a place in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 3, where we understand the purpose of seasons in terms of like in God's order. And that place in Isaiah 28, I want you to really lean into it because there's also a warning. The tension is over plowing, it says once you've plowed the ground and you've sowed the seed and you don't go back and plow again. And so recognizing when it's time to move from one purpose to the next purpose. Does that make sense? You will destroy the seed if you run the cartwheel over it again. So the thing that made the ground ready will destroy the, the seed. And so it's, it really requires a, us growing into a place of understanding God's purposes for the moment, God's purpose is for the season so we can understand what's happened. So that in, in the midst of the generations, we can look and say, look at his faithfulness. Why would the nation say, where's our God? We're putting God on display. We're seeing God put on display in our life because we have understood. We understood what happens in a moment. We understand what happens in a season. We understand what happens, not only in a lifetime, but generations. I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish with, with this and then, do you guys feel like you understand what I'm asking you to do? Okay, so I'm saying, guys, there's there's a place of activation God wants us to go together that will require more combined uh, combined burning, you know. At least once this week, try to get with somebody and either read these scriptures together or talk about what you're getting out of these scriptures, Uh, because it's not it's not just in what God wants to do and revealing something to me. It's it's something He wants us to be able to do together. Okay, Um, I was sitting over here this morning and I was just having a moment with the Lord, and all of a sudden. Silas and Halcyon and Joshua are over there playing, right? And in the midst of, you know, God speaking to me, and um, I just remembered conversations I had with with Stephanie. And I remember conversations I had with Micah. And I remember conversations that I had with Jesse. And the Lord said, before these children were even imagined in their parents, they were eternal reality in my heart. And I'm watching them play, and I'm thinking about the goodness of God. I'm thinking about, like, what it means for them to be playing over there together and, like, how committed God was to them as individuals and to their spouses as individuals and to our community. Like, man, if you if you get grumpy whenever you're watching these kids run around and play, like, you should ask God to, for, to heal your heart because, like, it's just, I, I don't, I want to see as much of that possible. I mean, there's, like, this morning, we didn't have a light show, but we had, like, a truck show coming in. Like, there's beautiful, like, trucks zooming across the floor, you know. And and whatever part of God is, like, you know, in his presence is fullness of joy. If there's no place for playing in the presence of God, we've missed something about his nature, right? Like, he calls himself Father, and he invites us into this place. And so, like, man, I I just was so in love with what I was seeing happen. But God was just really saying, that doesn't mean there's not things that need to happen for those kids in a moment, but but his promise to us is generational. Before, whenever Jesse and I had conversations about life and family and ministry 10 years ago, Jesse didn't know what Joshua was gonna look like. Jesse didn't know what it was gonna be like to be a mom, but God did. God had already known Joshua before the foundation of the world. He is that committed to us. We can't comprehend that with our mind. So the purposes he's working in us go beyond our ability to see, they go beyond our ability to comprehend. In Isaiah 55, you also read, his thoughts are not our thoughts, his ways are not our ways. They are high above us, okay? So let's just lean into the Lord in that. Let's trust him. Let's ask God for for glimpses of his greatness and and his commitment to us. When you are walking through hard times and you're walking through a hard season, it feels like that season defines your life. Does that make sense? And what was intended to be season becomes your commitment to normal. So if death is the message of your springtime, then that's not healthy. And if death extends into summer, then that's not healthy. And if death extends into fall, that's not. But death is good in the winter. There's a time for building up. There's a time for tearing down. All right. So I'm going to end with this confession to you in the terms of, like, what I feel like God is speaking to us this morning. So let's connect the dots between where we went in worship. God wants to turn the lights on in your life. But you have to be committed to have courage when the lights come on. About a month ago, probably a little bit longer than that, we were getting ready to go get our our Christmas tree. And it had been kind of a busy couple weeks, and I had a whole day... With Adrian and Abby up until like four o'clock, and then Jasmine was going to come and hang out with us. We were looking forward to hanging out with Jasmine, but it was like we are going to get family time together, right? Well, Adrian said, "What time do we get up?" I said, "Baby, just sleep in." I was hoping to sleep in. It's like sleep in. If I sleep in to eight thirty, that's a good sleep in, right? I woke up at seven. I woke up at seven, and I decided I was going to wash the dishes. And I washed the dishes, and I washed the dishes and I got done washing the dishes, and I was like, my family's gonna wake up soon. I forgot that I woke up at seven. Now for Adrian, sleeping in is not 8.30. I walked upstairs many hours later because I am excited to spend time with him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like I wasn't upset, I was like, I wanna spend time together with my family. And it's now like 11 o'clock. So now this whole day that I have is like, wow, we have a few hours together. Let's go for it. And Adrian and I begin to have a communication where I'm trying to express desire to spend time together, and she feels like I am putting an expectation on her or expressing that she didn't live up to my expectation. Does that make sense? You guys with me? What I'm going to say is in that moment of misunderstanding, an argument broke out. And in the argument breaking out, it felt like the lights got turned on. Can I tell you, for, for about an hour, an hour and a half, I tried to turn the lights back off. You, stay with me. We're almost done, and we're going to leave, you. you're going to be out of here way early, okay? It's, it's, I tried to turn the lights off. I'm trying to fix the argument. Does that make sense? Can anybody relate to that? And finally, and I, I walked out because it was not good, and Abby was upstairs getting ready because I said, hey, baby, get ready. We got to go. And I'm like, I stepped out in the hallway, and I hollered to Abby. I was like, hey, Abby, you should pray for me and Mommy. We're having a conversation, you know. She already knew. She was aware. <laughs> About 15 minutes after that, Abby comes knocking on the door and carries in a tray of, like, tea and food for Adrian. And somewhere in that moment of Abby loving, there was grace that came. And it didn't fix anything, but allowed us all of a sudden to recognize, oh, the lights are on. And do you know that in the next 30 or 40 minutes, it didn't mean everything got easy, but Adrian was able to identify why she felt the way she did by the light of God. I was able to identify why I felt so misunderstood by the light of God. And what the enemy intended to be something that put a wedge in our marriage, actually the Lord turned his lights on and if we could cooperate with a light, it would allow something to be strengthened in us. Does that make sense? Yeah. My mom and dad have been with us for two and a half weeks now. I, am, I want time with my mom and dad. We planned a two-week visit, they got ready to leave and my dad got sick. I knew it was right for them to stay. I wasn't gonna kick them out But there was also a place where I'm like, I'm ready to have something return to normal. Does that make sense? I mean, a two-week visit is a long visit. It's a long visit. Sarah said, "Praise, guys." I love my mom and dad. Guys, time with my mom and dad is premium. The tension in my heart because one of the biggest places I doesn't feel like it's not a sacrifice if it's what God calls you to do, right? It's an offering one of the biggest sacrifices for my family and living in Grove City is we don't have access to our family very often. Abby doesn't really know what it's like to have grandma and grandpa around. So in one way, it's such a blessing that they're here for a few extra days. In another way, I find it hard to know how to plan and how to do life. Does that make sense? I was sharing with Mike earlier I've struggled more with temptation and had to choose and fight battles and temptation about lust in the last week than I have in a long, long time. Why? Because God's doing something in the, this place of discomfort to turn a light on. There's nothing about my mom and dad being there that makes it like, they're, they're not bring the spirit of lust. Right? Do you understand what I'm saying? But there's, here's the thing, whenever I used to be addicted to pornography, it was never about sex. It was always about control. Does that make sense? And I'm not walking back into that. I'm just saying I'm having to make choices and fight temptation because all of a sudden there's something that I don't, doesn't feel within my control. Does that make sense? Now I can either get frustrated and like, when are they going to leave? Or I can cooperate with the light. That's not what I was planning on talking about today. When we were worshiping, I just really feel like there's times when the Lord, we are fighting against the thing that we're praying for. We're asking God sincerely, hey, God, come work in my life, come work in my life. And then he flips a light switch on, turns something on, and we're trying to fix it instead of allowing him to bring healing and wholeness to it. Does that make sense? Okay. So I think these are not two separate things. I think God wants to deal with us right now. Like he was dealing, I think good things are happening in worship. I would encourage you, if God was dealing with you about something specific, journal that or or, or talk to somebody about it. Don't let that become one of those moments that passes in your memory. Make it into a a stone for your stone pile. Make it into a moment. Turn that into a moment of of worship to God. Say, God, I gave you permission to turn the light on into things to get rid of shadows in my life. Like, I'm not asking you to raise your hands, but if I say how many of you want to live where there are no shadows, I believe you would raise your hands. That's why, like, you have decided to follow Jesus in a way that's not comfortable. At the same time, when the lights come on and I see that, I know very much what it looks like to feel exposed and want to get that taken care of before I live outside of the shadows, right? When everything's good, living outside of the shadows is not so uncomfortable. Does that make sense? Okay, so let's lean in this week. God, what are the places that you are turning the lights on in my life? How can I cooperate with you? As we read these scriptures, moving into how to walk in the right tension of knowing and understanding the season in light of God's plan for a bigger picture of time, for what he's doing in you. Mike, do you realize God is committed to your future family already? You don't know what that looks like. He does. Laura, whenever you were in eighth grade, did you have an understanding of what would be in your heart for Josiah? God did. So there are things that God has been doing in the last decade plus of Laura's life to prepare her for what she didn't know was coming that he already did. Does that make sense? Let's pray and then let's go home, Okay. I invite you just to put your hand on your heart, do something, just to act. Please just don't listen to me pray, but you pray. God, we are, we are hungry for you, God. We are hungry to know and to cooperate with you, God. We thank you, God, that before we could see Silas, you saw Silas. That before the foundation of the world, a sacrifice was made for Silas' great-grandchildren. And God, it's important that we learn how to operate and be faithful with what we can see. But God, I pray that we would not become so addicted to our own perspective that we forget that you are bigger than we are, that your ways are above our ways, that your thoughts are higher than ours. So God, we say we trust you, but oh, for grace to trust you more. God, give us courage to cooperate with you in those moments whenever you want to dispel the shadows in our life. Thank you for telling us, God, that it's only the light of the Holy Spirit that can reveal darkness. So God, where there's places of doubt, where there are places of insecurity, God, we ask you, I ask you today, God, would you come? We pray for courage this week. God, we pray that somehow by your Spirit you would speak to us this message. God, speak what you're speaking. Not my words, but yours to those who aren't here this morning. Draw us together, God, that we would run after you, that we would run with abandonment towards you. God, I pray as we're in Isaiah this week, I pray as we're in Ecclesiastes this week, God, I pray that we would have courage. God, not just to read your word and underline a few Poignant thoughts, but God, to really invite your word to impregnate our hearts, that we would be become carriers of your word, that we would begin to look for ways to practice your word. We love you, God. We bless you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, I want to tell you this, and now everybody's not here, but we are not we 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 plan hopefully within the next week, two weeks to let you know what the plan is for wrapping up the sexuality conversation. Um, been having some conversations with some different people about some things um, to really try to bring resolution to that. So I didn't I was gonna say that kind of in an announcement earlier, but I didn't want you to think that we're just moving on, you don't know what's happening. So if you hear anybody asking questions, hey, what's going on? There is we are working to to really see how can we can wrap um, I say wrap it up. I mean, bring it to the right conclusion, to the right place of closure on that, okay? Um, so if you have anything to communicate about that with me, please do that. Um, second thing is, uh, Sarah is back. <clears throat> Jerry and Crystal are back here. They are in Cory this morning uh, ministering. Um, but continue to pray uh, for Sarah um, and the season that she's in. Continue to pray for Jerry and Crystal like they're really excited to be able to just give an update of all the things that happened. But we need to really be uh, intentional about practicing. That whole thing of practicing sending, it's really, really important. And I really believe that in the coming months, the more intentional we are now, the more momentum will create for us later. <laughs> um, also, remember um, some of the things we talked about with Sarah and the season coming up. I anticipate there being opportunities to invest into her um, in the coming week, okay? Just, like, invest into the season with her. She and I are going to meet and talk about what that's going to look like. Um, but I'm just asking you, can you already be pr- uh, praying? God, how can I participate financially in investing into what you're doing in Sarah's life? And I, and I think that what we're going to see happen is that God, um, God wants to multiply our joy. And, like, this is a way of practicing joyfulness in the midst of this process, that what you are invested in, um, there is a healthy place of like being able to say, I'm a part of that, right? And so we, we tend to like be able to have more grace when we're invested. And so does that make sense? I'm not gonna go with big teaching on that, but it's just like, I think that's part of God's hidden purposes in helping invest into Sarah right now. It's not just about paying bills. It's about being able to um, express commitment and express um, a desire to see God's best happen. So would you please, in the next several days, be praying, God, what is it that that I can do? How can I be involved? If you say, I, I only have $5 I can commit, then I want you to celebrate over that $5. If you feel like God speaks a number that surprises you and it goes beyond whatever the need is, then I want you to be excited and, and start laughing about a number that surprises you, that you feel like God's speaking. But let's let's grow up in this area. Let's, let's like. Please, someone said to me this week, and it wasn't Sarah, hey, can we just use the fund for that? Let me be real honest with you. There's not that many people who give into a fund. <laughs> there's just very few people who just give regularly. Um, and so there's not the, like this fund that we can make those kind of commitments from. Um, those those commitments at this point are made because people are making commitments. Does that make sense? So I'm asking, inviting you. This is not some trivial thing. This is a very real thing. So would you please just take time... Um, If you have to set an alarm on your phone, set an alarm on your phone um, uh, to write it down someplace to do that. But take time to ask and expect God to to answer. All right? Any other announcements or anything that we need to be aware of? I think for the most part, what I know of, I mean, we always have people in and out, but I think this is the last week that we have a lot of people who are still either traveling for family things or for the holidays. Um, So we'll hopefully have more of us Together um, moving forward, but thank you for being here this morning. Anything else announcement wise before we? All right. Well, yeah. Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, lift up his countenance upon you. Know the favor of God's face this week. Amen. Everybody should give Evan and Aaron an offering for, for their beautiful gift of, of coming here. What kind of? Well, she had an interesting look. What else? Why should? Why should we give you an offering? (laughs) What what I was going to say. Yeah, it's really good to see you guys this morning. All right, I'm going to put the mic down. Continue to hang out amongst yourselves.